In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27, Paul says, I discipline my body and make it my slave. You know, we often forget, guys, that God has called us to steward the bodies he gave us so that we'll be ready, healthy, and spiritually dangerous to fight the good fight, whether it's working at your job, serving your God, protecting your bride, or being a great dad to your kids. That's why we're so excited to partner with Mountain Tough Fitness Lab. Mountain Tough Fitness Lab is run by Christian men who are passionate about training you to be your best version and to stay dangerous and ready for God. Join me on my journey by going to mountaintough.com. That's M-T-N-T-O-U-G-H and getting your free six-week trial when you type in the code ARENA30. You won't be disappointed. Stay dangerous. I need men on the roof that are strong and full of faith so that when I can't carry my own burdens, they carry them for me. It's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who was actually in the arena, whose face is marked by dust and sweat and blood. Welcome to the Men in the Arena podcast, where we interview specialists in the realm of manhood. Each of our guests is an expert in their chosen field or cause as it relates to men. Our conviction is to call you into the arena of manhood, call you out of the faceless, nameless bleachers, and call you up to be the best version of you. Because when a man gets it, everybody wins. Enjoy today's episode. Men in the Arena Army, we we salute salute you. you. Hey guys, thank you for listening to this episode of Men in the Arena podcast, and this is Equipping Men in 10, and I am Jim Ramos. Here with my producer, co-host, and good friend Dale Culver. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. Hey, uh, you got a man law for me today? I do. Spending a week away once a year with your wife is manly, and dating your wife weekly is manly and much needed. Well, unless you're married to my wife, then you go three two, times, two, three weeks. So <laughs> yeah. not because of her; she's amazing. To never do I, it is a death sentence. Yeah, her and I, we do awesome when we have vacations together. In fact, we were in the hot tub recently. I love this story, and I was just we like to banter. If you're around what? us, we, we like to banter. No, you don't. Like I hid her. She bought a hat the other day, and I saw this Nordstrom box, and I took the hat and hid it. She freaked out. Couldn't figure out where the hat was. Called Nordstrom. She was so mad at me. It was so worth it. Anyway, we just like to mess around with each other. The other day, she was getting out of in, out of her car in Starbucks when we were meeting, and I pulled up. I didn't know she was going to Starbucks, and I pulled up right behind her, and I snuck around the car, and when she got out of the car, I went, ah! She almost wet herself, man. It was so fun. We just enjoy doing that. But for us, we both, with her job as a flight attendant, with my job with uh, with the men in the arena and the speaking and traveling, the writing books, we're just so all over the place. We have to be together. We were in a hot tub a while back, and and I said, you know, which, you know, you know, you don't really know me. She goes, well, which version of you? <laughs> I go, what? She goes, oh yeah, there's different versions of you that mm-hmm. that I love. And I go, which one's your favorite? She goes, I love vacation gym. <laughs> and so we have, yeah. you know, because we can fly for free. We have a timeshare that we bought 15 years ago. We can stay virtually for free. And so for us, it's really important for us to get away mm-hmm. and just to just to get away and to unplug. It's really really important. And man, I'll tell you what, I don't get it. Every job that I know of gives, I think, at least two weeks off a year. Man, a guy needs to take every ounce of his vacation and every ounce of his PTO every year. Even if he doesn't need it, he needs to do it because the people who will be crying at his funeral 
need him to be engaged in their life as his best version. Mm-hmm. And he can't be the best version of himself if he's not, if he's not rested. Mm-hmm. And I see marriages crumble every day because men fail in this, and it's a big deal. So and she needs you. She needs you. Even if she doesn't say she needs you, she needs you. Mm-hmm. And you need to step up and, and take those time. We work so hard in America. The average American man, the men listening to this podcast, work hard. Mm-hmm. And they need to detox. They need they to do. from their jobs. And so that's a great one, man. Hey, I want to get into the meat of the podcast today, which is uh, Men on the Roof, part four. And guys, if you've been following in this, uh, uh, if you haven't followed all four of these, you really need to go back and listen to these whipping and tens. We have part one, Men on the Roof, part two, part three, and this is part four. Part one, we dealt with Mark chapter two, verses one and two, the healing of the paralyzed man. Uh, and we just said, hey, men on the roof love the word of God more than they love me. Uh, part two of our Men on the Roof series was based on Mark chapter 2, verse 3, that men on the roof will fill various roles and holes in my compartmentalized life so that we need to have these guys in every area that we live to keep us accountable and to hold us to the highest and best version of ourselves. And in Mark chapter 2, verse 4, men on the roof will stop at nothing to get me off the hamster wheel of life and get me back in the arena. Even when life has paralyzed me, they carry me onward. And so, so, so important. And today we're going to look at Mark chapter 2, verse 5, and it just says this. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now you may go, I don't understand. What does that have to do with anything? Well, we're going to get into it. I don't know about you guys. I've never been paralyzed. I don't know what that is like. Uh, I've never been wheelchair bound, but I do know this. I've been on crutches for six weeks with a, with a uh, reconstructive knee surgery. I've had a couple a week off because of a vasectomy. I've been bedridden after uh, back surgery. So I, I do know what it is to be bedridden, and I've noticed something alarming I want to share with you. Because of the pain and the healing process, I was forced into immobility. I was incapacitated, and I was basically limited to uh, life on a couch and watching television and videos and watching movies, you know, and I, and I was waited on. I had no expectations. I slept a lot. I'll be honest with you, it was kind of nice. It was incredibly alarming at the same time when I realized that I could stay in this space long term. That couch was comfy. I loved having Shanna wait on me. It was fun watching television and movies all day long without any guilt or any responsibility. And this is alarming because what we tend to do, guys, is we tend to get used to it. A lot of you are on that hamster wheel and you're used to certain alarming habits that you have formed. And what happens, guys, is this. We become victims in our own story. Habits form, change is hard, and the most difficult thing sometimes, guys, is making the decision to get up and walk, even if you can walk. And I'll tell you what, guys, we've all been there. Many of you listening to this right now can relate to me right now today, and you can relate to the paralyzed man in the story. You don't relate to the buddies on the roof, but you're going, man, I really relate to this paralyzed guy. You may be able to walk, but you're paralyzed with grief, you're in bondage to sin, you're dealing with divorce, you're stuck in an unhealthy relationship, or you're bitter with unforgiveness with someone who hurts you. And this is the problem with the man on the stretcher. He never speaks And he is never named. In fact, the only thing that he brings to this story that I can see is his brokenness and his willingness. He's anonymous in his own story. Or is it his story? Have you thought about this? Maybe it's not his story at all. 
Maybe Mark chapter 2 is not about his story, but about the men on the roof. Listen to Mark chapter 2, verse 5 again. I'm going to read it different. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. He ultimately healed him of his paralysis as well. Did you catch that, though? Jesus saw their faith. You know, we live in a culture, there are churches out there that are heretics, they're heresies, and they say that if you don't have faith, then this and this and this won't happen. I tell you, leave those churches because they're not biblically true. Because here is a story where a man was healed and he had no recorded faith at all. In fact, the only way he got healed is because Jesus saw the faith of his faithful men on the roof. He saw their faith. Jesus forgave and later healed the man because of their faith, not his faith. And I want to share this with you today. My men on the roof, it is their faith that is the catalyst to healing in my life. It is their faith that brings me closer to Jesus sometimes when I have no faith. It is their faith that gets me off the hamster wheel when I feel like I'm spinning my wheels. I need men on the roof that are strong and full of faith so that when I can't carry my own burdens, they carry them for me, Galatians chapter 6, verse 2. Men on the roof have the power to change me by the power of their faith. Their faith calls me up to higher levels in Christ. It may be farther, and it, it may be a father in your life, and it may be a friend, it may be a pastor, and it may be a coach, but it's somebody. I need men in my life who will propel me into my greatest version because of their faith. Guys, here's what I want to share with you. I want to share with you a principle that is so true and so profound. I call it the association principle. Birds of a feather flock together. Water seeks its own level. Like begets like. You are like the five closest people in your life. You are becoming like those people. So look around at your five closest people in your life. Who are they? You are going to become like them unless you break out and get an inner circle of men on the roof who can propel you further. And I don't, I mean, this may sound harsh, guys, but some of you have to get rid of your friendships. It is time for you to find new friends. It is time for you to get out of that relationship with that gal you're dating. If you're married, it's time for you to raise up your wife to a high, whole new level in Christ because of your faith. Guys, you need to be, you are culpable, you are responsible for your relationships. I cannot stress this enough. Some of you, your biggest problem is the people you hang out with and you need to grow up, put on your big boy pants, Take off your little girl panties, be a man, and find some friends. Get involved in a church with a men's group and get around some guys that are better than you. I do that all the time. I seek guys that are older than me and that are better than me because why? I want to move into my best version. And I'm 53, man. I got a lot of years left in me. Who are you becoming? I'm telling you, it depends on the faith of a chosen few guys. So guys, I hope this uh, inspired you to change, to grow, to get off the hamster wheel to find some men on the roof who will actually pull you up to the roof and not push you off the roof. So guys, make sure you head on over, if you haven't done so already, to our website, menintherena.org. Grab your free PDF version of my bathroom book for men. 
And uh, guys, when you're doing that, we'll also add you to our weekly equipping blast for men. This thing, every week we send this out, it has my blog, it has our podcast episodes, it has our boots on the ground uh, action item of the week, it has a coaching tip for those of you guys who are leading small groups. Man, you are going to love this equipping blast. It's super uh, uninvasive and it's just there to help you in your journey to becoming your best version. And guys, I don't know if you know this, but we are a nonprofit crowdfunded organization that exists to inspire men to become their best version. And it's because of guys like you who are generous and who give and who partner with this great cause that we're able to freely offer so many of our resources, including our curriculum to missionaries and men in underdeveloped nations. So guys, you can find out more about how to support our ministry at meninthearena.org. Until next time, feel the wet sand on the arena floor, hear the deafening roar of the crowd, taste the sweetness of victory, smell the stench of battle, get in the game, get dirty, grind it out, get on the roof, and be a man. Men in the Arena. If you hunger to be your best version, join us along with thousands of men from around the world. Check out our Men in the Arena forums. You can join on Facebook or on our website at meninthearena.org. While you're on our website, remember to pick up your free electronic version of Jim's bathroom book for men, The Field Guide. It's a daily study of manly words with epic stories in the Bible. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Men in the Arena podcast. Remember, when a man gets it, everybody wins. What type of dad are you? Guys, in my 35 years of ministry, I've noticed that guys basically fall into two categories. And in those categories, there are four types of dad or four phases that you pass through as a dad. We just dropped an amazing quiz to help you discover what type of dad you are. Find out what type of father you are and get our custom resources fit to meet the needs and the questions you are asking. Head on over to menarena.org. Join 20,000 men's from around the world and find out the type of dad you are.